How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. I'm Liz Drabeck. This week, we focus on NCRC, the Maryland Consumer Rights Coalition. Joining me is their very own Executive Director, Marceline White. Marceline, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it is my pleasure to invite you into this conversation. I, I want to start big and then we'll delve into some of the tax credits for homeowners and for renters that I really want to get into. And hopefully that will allow us for some time to talk about evictions and the pandemic and, and what your focus is lately. But let's start big picture, Marceline. What is the Maryland Consumer Rights Coalition? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Maryland Consumer Rights Coalition is a statewide organization. We're a membership organization of both organizations and individuals, and we also have a number of supporters. We work on economic rights and equity, and we do it in several ways, through research, our own research, through advocacy at the local, state, and federal level, and through direct service programs like the tax credit program and our eviction um, protection program that you've mentioned. So we work in a lot of ways, but our real focus is on issues that, you know, really affect low-income and working families across the state, so both expanding economic rights and fighting off predatory products that harm um, so many families who are struggling day-to-day in Maryland. You mentioned that you have supporters. Who are the supporters, and where, where do they come from? And if I wanted to be one, how would I become one? Well, fantastic. So our supporters come from across the state. We've got 8,500 people who are supporters right now, and those are people who are interested in support the issues we work on, and they can do that by joining for an annual membership, um, and they can also um, allow them to take action, get a membership newsletter, go with us when we lobby either in Annapolis pre-COVID um, or in Washington, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but also, um, we do trainings and educational briefings and consumer education outreach. And people can just go to our website, which is www.MarylandConsumers with an S.org. Um, and they can find out there how to join as an individual or organizational member. Now let's flip to the other side. You mentioned low income families. So who are you working to protect? Sure. So again, we, we do work it, we do work statewide. Um, so we're really talking about both families who fall below the federal, federal poverty guidelines, but also families that are 
200, 300% above the federal, federal poverty guidelines because we know those guidelines haven't been updated in ages and they don't really sure. reflect the needs of working families. So the United Way puts out a report um, every year called their ALICE report, which captures both those below the poverty line, but also families who are really struggling to make ends meet. So, you know, that's broadly who I would think about, and that's about 39% okay. of families in Maryland who, oh, wow. you know, who really are living paycheck to paycheck or who, if they had a financial emergency, wouldn't have the $500 in their bank to cover that emergency. You know, any kind of setback could throw <laughs> off their entire um you know, their entire set of um, livelihood and economic stability. Yeah, and that would even be under normal circumstances, not during a, a pandemic, which I really want to get to. I just have a thousand questions for you. So yeah, we've covered <laughs> what you are. We've discovered who you are. You mentioned lobbying and a couple other ways that you can help. But what do you do? How do you help the, the lower income families, sure. I guess? Sure. So a couple of different ways. Um, the way we think about our work is that we help people directly today, and we also work to um, pass legislation at the state level so that these problems don't exist tomorrow. So it's really okay. both and. We work on day-to-day -day services to help individuals today, but, you know, we aren't at, you know, we don't have the capacity to help everyone, and we'd rather pass laws huh. so that people don't have these problems anymore. But in terms of our direct service work, we have a program called SOAR, which is Securing Older Adult Resources, and that focuses yes. primarily on older adults. Um, we know that in Maryland, a lot of our elders are really living just on their benefits. And again, any kind of setback or increased cost can throw their very carefully managed budgets out the window. So we help older adults um, through our SURA program. We help them apply for a homeowner's or, or renter's tax credit if they are eligible. Okay. And those tax credits are annual credits. You can take them every year. And... Um, for our homeowners, we find we can often get people $1,000 or so back each year. And for okay. renters, you know, 500 to, um, you know, $500 or so, which, again, a lot of our families are earning or bringing in about twenty to $25,000. So this is a significant bump um, yeah. in terms of their income. And so we help people with that. We also do benefit screenings to see if there are benefits they're qualified for that they okay. haven't applied for, and we help people apply. And that can be okay. energy assistance, that can be um, food assistance, all kinds of benefits to help, you know, reduce costs, basically. And we have financial yeah. counseling and coaching as well. Okay. It's funny. I, I have an elderly mom, and she... I just think about how these resources aren't necessarily just great for her because she's so isolated, but how they're great for me to look into for her. So I'm really glad we touched on this topic specifically. So you mentioned lobbying and a couple of other avenues, and I'm sure no two days for you are the same. But what is what is a normal day or what is a day lately that you've had that you could describe? 
Sure. So, you know, as we know, the Maryland General Assembly is in session now, even though it's a virtual session. So the schedule is very seasonal. Right now, I'm doing a lot of work around legislation, which means um, writing alerts to let people know what bills we are supporting or opposing and why, what bills we've been leading. Uh, yeah. And then trying to go, this information goes out to all of our supporters and members to ask them to take action and educate them about the issues. Um, so I'll be meeting with legislators. I am testifying on a couple of bills this week via Zoom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, working to talk to individual legislators after bill hearings to understand if they support the bill, if they oppose the bill, what their concerns are, and try to respond to make sure they have the information they need to make the best decision for their constituents. Um, So really, you know, give them the information to help them make decisions if they need more education and more information about how this issue affects their county. Um, So right now, it's a lot of that, but I also am the chief fundraiser. So working on a lot of grants, I mean, with an, as a small nonprofit, um, I can sometimes be the chief fundraiser and the chief bottle washer. So, you know, <laughs> sure. with the pandemic, we're seeing a huge demand for our services. So we're working really okay. hard to try to raise money to bring more staff on to meet all the needs um, of the calls we're getting from people who are really, really struggling through the pandemic. Um, and, you know, I also manage our staff. We have a staff of um, seven other people. And so we have weekly staff meetings where we all coordinate and plan together organization-wide issues. We're coming up on our 20th anniversary, so we're doing a oh, wow. anniversary celebration. Yeah, we're super excited. Not the best time to celebrate, but we're hoping to get all of our <laughs> sure. together virtually. At yeah. least. And, you know, kind of mark the occasion of 20 years of fighting for families in Maryland. So, Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah. And it sparks up two questions in my mind. One is, so what is life like for you? I imagine so much of this was done in person. So what is life like, you know, as you executively direct the Maryland Consumer <laughs> Rights Coalition from home? <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different, you know, it's a whole different uh, way of doing things. Some things feel very similar, but others really don't. Our offices have been closed since March of last year. Yeah, and ours have, too. Yeah, you know, so, which makes sense. And we're being very cautious. We don't want to have any of our staff members um, feel unsafe or un- insecure. So we do have um, a staff member who will go in once a week to pick up our mail to make sure that, you know, that's happening. But otherwise, we're not really, really, we really are working virtually. So, for example, with our older adult program, that was a huge transition because so much of the work we do with elders in our Would be in person, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, and to get them the resources they need, yep. or and I, I don't mean this in in the pejorative, to get them the training they need to log on to a website. You, no, you're absolutely right. There's a huge, I mean, we know throughout the state there's a digital divide in terms of access to the Internet. But oh, there's also yeah, beautifully put, right. An age <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, 
you know, in terms of literacy, and some seniors are great and others need a lot of help. And our, our program really does focus on what we call kind of high-touch um, older adults, which just means people sure. who need a little extra assistance. They may not yeah. have a family member like you who can download the application for them. So, sure, and that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of our work um, starting last March was really helping a lot of the people we work with. And we work with a lot of the same clients year after year. So we go back and call through our list and email them and send them a postcard. But oh. a lot of it at the beginning, at last year when we moved to virtual was helping them hook up to a computer. And really oh, wow. That mean. A lot yeah. of them had tablets. A lot of them had tablets that their grandchildren or their or their kids got them, but they'd never broken oh, out of the box. That makes the most sense in the world, yeah. And so a lot of our, our counselors were literally on the phone helping them set up the computers so that we could have face-to-face access, you know, yeah. and how to use Zoom or whatever, whatever platform. Um, so that they, and also walk them through the application online so that we were right there with them. We could sort of share our screen and make sure that we were seeing the same things. Um, but that was obviously a big learning curve for, for all of us, uh, in terms of walking folks through it. It's been working well, but, um, you know, I think we all miss seeing people face to face. Um, just a different it's a, it's just a different energy um and similarly we have programs that work on fair housing and that work on eviction prevention and those often also involve going out into the community you know a lot of these take place in the spring and summer so we're usually tabling at events doing presentations going to senior centers going to community groups um so all of that pivoted to virtual. Um, we were happy we were still able to reach more than 500 people with our older adult program. And we've been able to reach um, more than 200 through our fair housing program and our eviction program, which really helps people try to avoid eviction. And then we'll refer them to lawyers if they need legal assistance has not surprisingly been um no need to advertise. It's um, the calls and emails have been um, just flooding our office in terms of people who are very desperate to stay in their um, rental in their apartments and are having trouble doing so. Um, but yeah, it's um, you know we miss seeing people face to face, but our office is Zoom and you know try to do some happy hours sometimes or some lunch lunchtime so we can see each other a little more casually, which is what you miss a lot in the, you know, in this virtual world. Marceline, you mentioned this virtual world and all the pivoting that you've done, you know, as a result of the pandemic, everything's happening virtually. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the eviction protection. What can you tell me about that? Sure. So uh, a year ago or so, last November, actually, the Maryland Consumer Rights Coalition, my group MCRC, um, basically took on the Fair Housing Action Center. So they are now a program of ours. And the Fair Housing Action Center is the only fair housing program in the state of Maryland that does um, in investigation, testing, and enforcement, as well as outreach 
on fair housing, but a big piece of that work as well is helping people avoid um, eviction. So not surprisingly, in the past year, we have been just flooded with calls. Um, yeah. In 2019, we had um, we helped about 300 clients avoid eviction, and okay. in 20 um, in in the past year, between March and um, the end of this year, end of 2020, we helped 900 people. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and we've already gotten in January of this year, we've had 150 calls for assistance. So, oh, that just breaks my heart, but I'm so glad you are a resource. Thank you so much. We're glad we're a resource, but it's, um, you know, it's, again, that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to fundraise so much to raise more money because we need more, you know, we all, um, but M. Therapy needs more people, more hands on deck. Um, I can tell you people have been extremely nervous. There, oh. Our program will walk, help people you know, understand what their issue is. Unfortunately, if the issue is that they just, they need money to pay their rent, we don't have those resources. A lot of the, a lot of the counties have had programs where they've been helping people with eviction assistance money just to help support them. But I can tell you a lot of those, a lot of that funding has been running out after two or three days. Oh my gosh. Incredible unmet need and an incredible demand. Um, so we're very concerned when the state of emergency lifts um, that we're going to see just a tsunami of evictions flooding our courts. So right now what we do is we tell people what their rights are, what is against the law. We are well-versed in what the law is both statewide but also county by county because okay. different counties have different rules. Um, where possible, we'll also research the landlord to see if they are licensed in, in counties like and in places like Baltimore City where they're required to be licensed. You okay. know, are they, are they up to code? Are they, are they as a property owner, maintaining and, and um, following their own rights and responsibilities under the law? And then we'll advise the individual what rights they have we have tra- a trained mediator, so we can do mediation between the landlord and tenant if that is something that both people agree to and makes sense in terms of resolving the situation. Okay. We can advise them on, you know, the kinds of letters or the kinds of things they can write. And then if they do need legal assistance, we can refer them either to a pro bono legal assistance um, oh. provider or if they're higher income to a private attorney who may take their case. So um, it's a lot of different services when you when you reach out to us, yeah. um, and it's it's great, but it's also as you said, heartbreaking because the demand is so high. Oh yeah, and I just think about the person being in that situation, how overwhelming it must seem. So here's a question for you: When would they contact you? And of course, remind them how to contact you. But like, if I were someone and I was afraid I was going to get evicted, does it? I guess, does the timeline matter? (laughs) It does, because unfortunately, one of the problems in Maryland is we have one of the shortest timelines in the country in terms of um, how quickly um, people can move from being afraid of being evicted to being evicted. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. So can you walk me through that then? So like, when would they reach out to you? Um, I'd say they could reach out if I could, they could reach out if they are worried about not being able to pay their rent. So we okay. can try to help them get ahead of that, first of all. And that may sure. be a place where we refer them to our financial counselor right away. Because even if, okay. even if they're not an older adult, if we can help them find $500 right away or yeah. save them money right away, that gives them a little bit more wiggle room in their budget. Um, okay. But they call right away if they're worried about that because okay. um, we also have a whole network of groups we partner with. So if there are other people um, who can help them find more money, we can refer them directly to other programs as well. And okay. the best, there are two ways people can reach out to us. They yes. can um, email us, um, and there is an email form um, at its the it's the link is fairhousingmd.org, and there is a link there to our intake form, um, and um, we respond very quickly to those to those emails. We also have a hotline, and our okay. hotline number is four four three four four seven seven three three six. Again, okay. the hotline is 443-447-7336. And um, it, it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. If you call after that, we'll return your call, but it may take us uh, a few days because we have a, we have a part-time person staffing that. And let's go to the flip side. Tell me about your fundraising efforts and how anyone could help in that regard. Great. Um, glad you asked. <laughs> we're, fund, we're funded by a mix of private foundations and um, contracts with counties to provide the county governments to provide services, particularly around fair housing and tenant uh, um, prevention. We're also supported by individuals um, and organizations. So if you go to our website, MarylandConsumers.org, you can find a link that says donate. And that's really important because a lot of the foundation funding is tied to one specific program. Um, so it can only be used to do one of the many things we do. If you're able to make a donation, that provides general support funding. So it gives us more flexibility to be able to pivot and gives us more flexibility to be able to, for example, do the public policy advocacy in Annapolis um, and provide support because, you know, we often come up against highly paid lobbyists who are opposing us on these, on these bills. So, yeah. um, it, you know, the general support funding is very critical. We have a lot of small donors. People can also... Okay make a monthly donation. Um, so if you want to give us $10 a month, that's great. You know, if you want to give us um, $20 a month and that's better for your budget, that's great because it gives us a sustained amount every every month as well as, you know, we appreciate all the support. And we know especially right now times are really, really hard for people. So if you can give us $5 a month, we are so grateful. If you can give us $5,000, we are so grateful. But literally every bit helps. Um, we're a small staff. Well, as I said, there's seven of us, um, eight with me. 
Um, so it helps give us this, the flexibility we need to be able to say, this is a huge issue. We have some general support funding to be able to go and address it right now. Um, and that's really important as well um, as the as the program-funded work we do. I have been so engrossed by all the information and insight you have given me that we are coming down to the final four minutes. So now I'm going to get to the Maryland tax credits. Marceline, would you mind talking to me about the homeowner's property tax credit and the renter's credit briefly? <laughs> um, of course, I would be happy to talk about those. <laughs> so, you know, again, this is, this is part of the direct service work we do. And this okay. is mainly through our SOAR program. As I said, we focus on older adults, but um, these credits are available to other people. So we also don't turn people away. That's one of the benefits of, again, having general support and some foundation funding is we're not going to turn anyone away um, who can take these credits. Um, so I can tell you the homeowner's tax credit, it's an annual credit. And... Um, you may qualify if you own your home, um, you know, and you live, you have a combined household income of less than $60,000 a year, and you own a property that is um, worth $200,000 or less. We have a website, so you can click on the website to see if you're qualified, and you can also um, email or call us so we can help see if you're qualified, we can screen you, and again, we can walk you through and help you apply for assistance. Similarly, the renter's tax credit is available for individuals whose assets are, you know, don't exceed $200,000, um, who are 60 years and older, or who are permanently disabled or have a dependent. So there are certain guidelines, but you can call us, our tax credit hotline is 443-961-6220. Again, the tax credit hotline is 443-961-6220. Or you can go to our website, which is just called MarylandTaxCredit.com. Um, again, MarylandTaxCredit.com. And it'll walk you through kind of a choose your own adventure to help you see if you're qualified and see what you might be able to get back, give you an estimate. There's a really fun video on there to educate you more, as well as some um, news clips um, to tell you a little bit more about those credits and, again, different ways to contact us so we can help make sure that you get this credit. We always say Marceline with a button on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was just about to say, Marceline, we have about 30 seconds left. Is there anything we haven't gotten to or anything additional you'd like to mention? I think the only thing I'd like to mention is um, please go, if you can, to our website, which is MarylandConsumers.org. We also have information there about the research we do every year. We have a new report about for-profit colleges, a report about debt collection and how it um, really harms low-income communities and deepens the racial wealth gap. And we have um, our bill, our legislative priorities for this session on the front page of our website. So we encourage you to go to MarylandConsumers.org to learn more about us and the organization and the, the ways we're fighting for Maryland families. 
Oh, and I've learned so much. We've been talking to Marceline White, Executive Director, Maryland Consumer Rights Coalition. Marceline, thank you so much for your time. This has been eye-opening, and this has been a production of Entercom Baltimore.